Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 5th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we have not talked about this much at all, but I am heading to New York next week, actually on Sunday. So if you want to hear about all of my escapades, all of the shows that I am seeing, I am only going to be there for six days. I'm going to see 11 shows in six days. If you want to hear all about that, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon, and you will hear all of my daily travel logs. And if you are on the mezzanine tier or above, there will be some other bonus content throughout the week as well. So make sure that you are doing that. It should be a very fun trip. Grace, still trying to figure out if I'm going to come back again in November and or December. I feel like I have to because there's so many great things opening this fall. So I guess it'll uh, have to depend on uh, how tired I am after this trip. But chances are that I'll be back again at least one more time before 2023 wraps up. All right, let's get into the news, Grace. And the big news of the day is we got some pretty interesting information about the Tony Awards. We got the basic information that we always get about this time of year when the eligibility deadline uh, is when the Tony nominations will be announced. The cutoff for the 2023-2024 Broadway season will be on April 25th. The nominations will be announced on April 30th. That's normal. That's pretty standard. That's a Thursday and a Tuesday. But the biggest thing that we got on Wednesday was the fact that the Tonys will not be held at Radio City Music Hall. They will not be held at the Beacon Theater. They will not be held at the United Palace, where it was last year. It'll not be held in any Broadway theater. It'll be held in a theater next door to a Broadway theater because it will take place at the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center, which at one point was called the New York State Theater. That is currently the home of the New York City Ballet. There are six levels of this theater, and it seats 2,550 people, so Bigger than a Broadway house, not as big as Radio City Music Hall. Hopefully the air conditioning is better there, Grace, than it was at the United Palace. I don't know that I have a specific feeling about this. I'm sure there was a lot of behind-the-scenes politics as to why it's here and not somewhere else. But I think it's interesting. I, I, I don't know what to make of this. Do you? Listen. Anytime it is not a Radio City Music Hall, the entire industry, I feel like bitches and moans. So I don't know what to make of it either. As long as, again, the AC is running and, you know, people are able to to get in and out. It's just, it's a challenge for the shows. Like, all due respect to everybody in the building that, you know, has contributed and, and really made the season what it is. Like, the performers have such a track that have to go in and out for those rehearsals and performances. It's just, it's exhausting. So, I am hoping that it is a peaceful transition of power, if you will. <laughs> but I also, you know, I recognize that it's it's a challenge to get anything secured. So congratulations to the people that helped make that happen. But yeah, so I I really don't know what to make of it. I guess hope to be there, um, hope to need to be there, you know, um, but uh, we'll see. I think last year, or this past year, a ton of shows decided not to have performances on Sunday because it was such a trek up to Washington Heights at the United Palace. Obviously, Lincoln Center is not in the theater district per se, but it's pretty close. But it's not walking distance. They can't walk from their theater after they do a matinee to go perform at Radio City, you know, that easily. So I do wonder how this will impact the performance schedules. I, I think it's always fun for audiences to be able to see a performance 
the day of the Tonys. I saw back in, I guess that would have been 2004. Uh, I saw the Sunday afternoon performance of Assassins on Broadway before it went on to win the Tony for Best Revival. So that was very cool. I know it kind of sucks for performers, though, to have to do a show, have to finish their show, have to get ready, have to go to the Tony Awards, have to perform, have to bust back to wherever they're watching. I know it's a big deal. So going up to Lincoln Center is probably better than going up to Washington Heights, but still not as ideal as if it would be in Midtown somewhere. But save Radio City, every other theater, even if it's not going to be occupied at that point, Grace, by now wants to be occupied at that time. So it, like you said, it's really difficult to find somewhere that you can secure this far in advance. And obviously Radio City didn't work. I know there are some people that love Radio City because of the convenience of that. But there's a lot of other people, Grace, who think that it's just too big. It doesn't do justice to the numbers. It kind of swallows them up. And since this is effectively a marketing and an advertising platform to showcase you know, musicals, to be quite frank with you, maybe it is better to have it on a stage that is not as enormous as Radio City, but... It's interesting. Let's take Ariana DeBose out of the the running because I, I said after this one, like, I'd be fine if she just did it for a couple more years. Do you have any early people that you would like to see host the Tonys, knowing that the rule has always been you have to have been a Broadway alum to host? Is that a rule? It is. It has been a rule. That's why a lot of people had said in previous years that, oh, Stephen Colbert should host, but he's never been on Broadway. That's why we got James Corden so often. He was in company. That's practically Broadway. It's practically Broadway, but it is not Broadway. Um, I don't care. Rules are made up. I think (laughs) that it needs to be. No, rules are stupid. And respectfully, like, maybe there's some people that should have done Broadway by now, but we're very busy making tons of money doing films and TV. So I think that Selena Gomez, Martin Short, and Steve Martin need to host this year's Tony Awards. Man, if Only Murders in the Building were on, was on a paramount global network or streaming service, I guarantee they would make that happen, but it's not. So that would be more difficult, but I definitely agree. Obviously Martin Schwartz, a Tony winner. Steve Martin has had a show that he co-wrote on Broadway. Selena Gomez, I think probably would have been a really good Cinderella. And once upon a one more time, that's another story, but I think that's a great option. That's a really, really great option. We're going to talk a little bit about murders in the building at the end of the episode, but uh, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm 100% behind you. On that one, Grace. All right. As we've talked about before, the pre-Broadway national tour of The Wiz began performances at the Baltimore Hippodrome Theater late last month. And we now have some reviews to come out of that. There's only a couple, only a handful, and it is fairly minimal. But this is going to be on tour into the beginning of March before it heads to Broadway a few weeks after that. I'm just going to highlight a couple of these reviews. The first one comes from Mary Carol McCauley from the Baltimore Sun. She speaks of Nichelle Lewis, who plays Dorothy. She says, quote, Lewis, the 24-year-old Virginia native and one-time American Idol contestant whose TikTok videos led to her beating out more than 2,000 applicants to land the role of Dorothy in the first major revival of the iconic musical in 40 years, is the real deal. When she stands alone on the Hippodrome's vast stage, her slender build of five-foot-four-inch frame emphasizes the vulnerability of her teenage character but her voice is huge. It can vault four octaves so quickly, it seems spring-loaded. 
Lynn Menifee of the Maryland Theater Guide said, quote, Despite a half-hour delay due to a power outage, the audience and the whole evening was full of joy and energy, extended applause, and standing ovations. Nichelle Lewis has a beautiful voice and incredible range, though at times her character felt a little detached. So if you want to read the full reviews of those, head over to the show notes. Grace, as this begins to make its way across the country, it is currently at the Playhouse Square in Cleveland. It is going to go to the National Theater in Washington, D.C., and then Pittsburgh, Charlotte, Atlanta, Chicago, and then a a big swing through California with some other locations sprinkled in. We will probably get reviews from all of those locations. So it'll be interesting to chart how the show gels and stuff after its first few tour stops. But I know you're really excited. You've talked about how excited you are for this show and a lot of the stuff that they've put out, the the sits probe and the the images of the of the set and costumes and stuff are very, very cool. So I imagine this will be a lot of fun across the country before it ends up on Broadway in March, Grace. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. You know, we don't I don't remember the last time this happened. Was it Motown, perhaps, um, where there was kind of a tour mm. and then Broadway was like a part of the tour, but not. You know what I mean? Like it it, it came so yeah. I'm 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 eager to see what each pocket of the country is, you know, chiming in on this and and reviewing and all that good stuff. But I've heard nothing but good things. Bring it on! The musical did a pre-Broadway tour. I don't remember if that was before or after Motown. That must have been before Motown, actually. So I'm not sure. Yeah, that obviously used to be a much more common occurrence in the theatrical landscape, but is not at this point. But all right. Obviously, lots of shows before they go off Broadway have plans to come to Broadway. Most of them, though, do not have their creators out in the New York Times saying this is the plan before performances even begin off Broadway. However, in the New York Times yesterday, 15-time Grammy Award winner Alicia Keys talked about the development of her musical Hell's Kitchen, which is getting ready to begin performances at the Public Theater. In the interview, she kind of talked about what the show was and and what it wasn't. She said, quote, this is not Tina Turner. This is not The Temptations. This is not MJ. This is not Carol King, although all of those are phenomenal. It's really so much more about relationships and identity and trying to find out who you are, which I think is a continuous theme in all of our lives. Who are we? Who do we want to be? Who are we becoming? She also talks about the fact that she has penned four new songs for the musical that will go along some of her her biggest hits, Fallen, No One, Girl on Fire, uh, If I Ain't Got You, Empire State of Mind. All of those are in there as well. But the big news bit out of this is that she talked about the fact that she is very much thinking about what she wants this show to be and how and when it can end on Broadway. She said, quote, and the goal obviously is to transfer to Broadway. So that's heavy on my mind. The show has an incredible cast. It will feature Shoshana Bean, Brandon Victor Dixon, Keisha Lewis, Donna Vivino, and others. Grace, when we talked, we did our special Patreon-only episode about what we think is going to happen in the season. I don't remember if we actually talked about this show specifically, but like if Alicia Keys is out here giving interviews in the New York Times about wanting to bring it to Broadway and we know that it is going to close at the public theater in plenty of time for it to come this season, I have to imagine that that's at least a possibility for it to sneak in under the eligibility deadline in 2024. Yeah, I mean, I totally see that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that 
it's a logical and cool move for that to have happened. And I, it's it's very smart on their part to to be amping this up in this way before the public, which I think is sold out at this point. Yeah, I, I have not heard that officially, but I have heard from people who tried to get in <laughs> and it was sold out. I, we, when I when we talked with uh, Kate Ranking, it had been sold out. Uh, And then they announced an extension and they were able to get a a ticket for the extension. But performances begin on October 24th. It is currently scheduled to close on December 23rd. Again, you look at that date, you're like, oh, that could get another extension uh, and still be done by the end of 2023. So who who knows? But I think you're right. This does feel like a calculated move to kind of start greasing the wheels for this is the next big public theater show that is going to take Broadway by storm just based off of the anticipation because no one's seen it. This is, this is not a show that people know much of anything about other than Alicia Keys, Christopher Diaz writing the book, Michael Greif directing Camille A. Brown choreographing that great ensemble of of talent. So certainly trying to get that hype machine going. And I would not be surprised if it ends up uh, leading this show to Broadway before the end of this season. All right. Speaking of shows that I think would probably like to be on Broadway sooner rather than later. Pretty recently, we discussed the fact that Carol Lindsay and Jessica Vosk had led some readings of a revised version of Beaches, the musical. Well, there are going to be new industry readings coming up and returning to it will be Jessica Vosk. It does not look like Carol Lindsay is going to be sticking with this industry reading in her place will be Whitney Basher, who actually starred in the show alongside Shoshana Bean, going to be in Hell's Kitchen, when it had its world premiere in Chicago a few years ago. So it's interesting that they're kind of playing with those two lead roles. I'm not sure if this is was always the, the, the plan to keep Whitney with it, and maybe she just couldn't do the last one. She was coming off of maternity leave from MJ because she gave birth. So that might be why Carol Lindsay had been in that last one. At the time that we talked about the last version, Grace, I mentioned the fact that Jared Zerilli had been a part of the reading, who is Whitney Basher's husband. So that seems to be, if I had to guess, it would make sense that this was the plan and that Kara was just stepping in for Whitney when she was taking care of her newborn. But the reading is also going to feature... Anne L. Nathan, Matthew Saldivar, Annalise Scarpacci, Elizabeth Teeter, uh, and Jared Zerilli, as I mentioned, and others. So it looks like this one's trekking on. Um, this this reading is going to be happening on a week from Friday. So we'll be interested to see what people think and uh, what is going to happen when the show begins performances in Calgary, Alberta, Canada on May 18th of next year. All right, Grace, let's get into some recommendations. I would normally say feel-good recommendations, but this first one might not be super feel-goody, but it is an exclusive seven-minute look at Tiananmen, a new musical at the Phoenix Theater Company. It looks like it's some rehearsal footage that Broadway World has exclusively, so if you want to check that out, it is in the show notes. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we have two videos from Only Murders in the Building, Grace, after we recorded on Tuesday night. You went and watched the finale. I had already watched it. We have two music videos from the Death Rattle Dazzle musical that is a big part of the Only Murders in the Building Season 3 storyline. We have Creatures of the Night led by Martin Short and For the Sake of the Child, uh, which is sung by Meryl Streep, has some very distinct mine hair vibes at the beginning of it of the song, which I thought was very interesting. But um, these are very cool. Grace, without spoiling anything... 
what are your overall thoughts of Only Murders in the Building season three now that it has officially wrapped? First of all, I was right. I wanted on record that I was right. She and we was. discussed this. Yeah, Thank you. Can't confirm. Um, <laughs> thanks. So much so that I method um, have now come to many of the cast members stomping grounds currently to say, I told you so. But I, I loved it. I, I really loved it. I thought it was super fun. It's interesting. I know whenever we have some type of like television and musical theater crossover, I think all of us, because we love the form so much, we kind of like parade it around like it's the best thing ever written. And it's it, that's funny. I mean, the way people talk about, you know, she make doing it all these things. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, but like sometimes it's great. And sometimes like, Okay, but they they did musical theater, but it's like fine. I genuinely loved what they did. I thought Pask and Paul really nailed it. I know the rest of their team as well really hit it out of the park. It seemed like the cast had a great time. I think that Jeremy Shamos is having a year. Um, he's incredible in mm-hmm. general, but like between here we are and this, it's a real moment. And I think that like we as a community need to rally together to say like thank you, <laughs> you know. And and Gutenberg, uh, he was in the he yes. was one of the original stars of Gutenberg, uh, the yes. musical, which obviously he's not in now. But a, a lot of a lot of credit goes to him for whatever that show looks like when it's on Broadway. Very much so. Chris Fitzgerald again returning to Broadway as mm-hmm. well. Um, other star of Gutenberg originally at UCB. It's just it just shows that when I think when a team is a team that likes to work together and just chooses to have fun and you've got people in the room that want to create fun work, you're just left with a diamond. And I think that's exactly what they created this year. And fortunately for all of us who love watching this show, there's going to be a season four because it has already been renewed. And as they do in pretty much every season of Only Murders in the Building, they teased what season four will be at at the end of season three. So very much looking forward to that. Should be a ton of fun. Check out these videos. There are others from earlier in the season. I want to see, well, I want to see the full numbers because they obviously edited the hell out of that rattle-dazzle right. opening night. I need to see the full choreography because it was adorable. I need to see the full songs. I need to see everything. I mean, which of the Pickwick triplets did it? Like, will we ever know? You know, what if none of the Pickwick triplets did it and they didn't? But I want, you know, to see the making of the sequin constable costume. I need to see more behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. But like if you look at like John Carafa's work and like, thank you, shout out to him for, you know, like confirming that he's the one who helped make that happen um, with the choreography. Like it's just so much fun. And I I'm just excited for like if even if they did an exact replica of this season, but with a different theme season four, I would still enjoy it. You know, so we got rogers the musical on stage out at disneyland like what do we have to do to get death rattle dazzle somewhere in new york city like for real for real i mean i think that like there could be like a a a drunken concert version you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um you mentioned john carafa two-time tony nominated choreographer i've teased this a little bit Assuming the recording happens as scheduled on Friday, he is going to be my guest in our next Patreon exclusive interview, talking about not only his work on Only Murders in the Building, talking about all of the great work he has done on Broadway over the years. Uh, He has since moved to California and now choreographs 
so much TV and movies. We'll talk about all of that. He also has some fun things that he is going to speak about publicly for the first time that he is working on. So listen to that in Patreon at the mezzanine and above level. That should be really fun. Assuming again, of course, that everything goes according to plan. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.